Welcome back to From the Field. Uh, it's good to have you back. We are continuing to talk about life and ministry in the midst of COVID-19, at least for this season, as long as we're in this. And uh, this afternoon, we are going to talk a little bit about regathering as people are beginning to think through that. And some states like ours are beginning to loosen some of the social distancing protocols. And so I know uh, that is at the forefront of everyone's minds. And so the question that we're going to discuss today is how do we best plan for and prepare to take our first steps toward regathering? So Tyler, you're interacting with a bunch of churches that are all over the place right yeah. now. Where would you say everyone's at? Is, is everybody in the position that we're in as far as being able to take some initial steps? Are some people still on a hard lockdown or is it just all over the map? Yeah, I think it's all over the map. I think everyone's really trying to decide what's going to be best for them and what they should do, what they can do. Uh, so I think right now everyone's in process. I think as we'll talk about our plans, I think one difference between us and maybe a handful of other churches that at least I'm aware of, uh, we really pared down to like you had to be there in order for it to function. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a really simple uh, service and process. And so I think uh, with the new guidelines, uh, at least here and a lot of places being 20, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were kind of about that anyway, just to be able to pull off their service. So I think this kind of very first step one will be very little different for the average church. Oh, totally. So you're saying that some of these, some churches that are streaming are, they have 20 people on their team just to have their live stream happen. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. ours takes four yeah so exactly. we, we okay yeah so well, we we can expand that's right. others are like only 20 huh shoot we're the only people that are like this is a positive step for us yeah yeah well before we jump into this we we did want to start with two opening qualifications the first one is uh no one actually knows what's going to happen in the whole thing uh this is a rapidly Wait, yeah i know even us this is a, a rapidly changing situation, and it's going to continue to be so, and it is very interesting um, how many just prophets and fortune tellers there are right now about what's going to happen. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I look at, I mean, you just scroll through Facebook, or uh, due to the nature of my XP, I subscribe to just all the things, all yeah. the things that are out there to help churches I want to be aware of, and everyone has got a plan for you. Right. And everyone's like, this is how to do it, and... Um, I just, I don't know where that's coming from. Right. At least the confidence. Right. For uh, sure. So the first, first qualification, uh, no one knows what's going to happen, including us. So this is not us trying to predict what the future is going to hold. This is just yeah. the questions that we're thinking through and the principles that are guiding us right now. Yep. Uh, the second qualification is, uh, before we start is no one knows how to do this perfectly, which I think, um, would suit a lot of ministry leaders well to internalize that and to show themselves kindness and grace. Everyone's just doing their best. There are, I have seen uh, some people online take the stance of being like the subject matter expert on how to regather after a pandemic, mm -hmm. which is curious since this is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the uh, word I'm looking for is unprecedented. And that, in truth, yeah. that this, this is, is currently unprecedented, unprecedented right. and we're going to do it and then we can no longer call it unprecedented, yes. just so that we're clear. And if you didn't get that joke, it's because... Uh, Tyler hates the word unprecedented used in this context about COVID-19. Unprecedented, of new normal, and yep. an extreme abundance of caution. Yes. The extreme abundance of caution is the most disgusting phrase of it. I, I just mean as a, as a piece of communication, sure. it is redundant trash. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. 
So this right. has never happened before. No one knows how to do this per- perfectly. So we uh, we are not going to have this conversation as experts. No but way. we uh, we talk and try to be thoughtful about the things that we do. And if somebody else, uh, if this prompts someone else to think through some of these things too, that's great. 100%. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the guiding principles that we are utilizing right now as we begin to think through regathering. And then we'll talk about at least what first steps are looking like for us in our context right now. So we'll start with these guiding principles. The first one is, um, and I I wish that this didn't have to even be stated, but sadly it seems to need to be. uh, Number one, we will not violate state or federal guidelines in order to gather. Mm. Unfortunately, yeah. that has to be said. Yeah. Well, I, it's said in the Bible already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we have to re-say it yes. is a problem. I have seen uh, not a ton, but but a, a fair amount of um, this rhetoric online that is basically that we are being persecuted. Our mm. religious liberty is being persecuted. Okay. Yeah, that was my response to sure. Um, and my thing has been like, I, I, I believe that what's happening is we're being protected, not yes. persecuted. And I, I think the argument that our religious liberty is being persecuted, like that will hold a lot more water when movie theaters and sure. public schools. So and, my barber. Yes. Is, well, I'm going to get a haircut this week yeah. and I get it, get an earful about all of all of her persecution. Yes. And you go to the most liberal barber on, on the planet. 100%. Yeah. So if we're being persecuted, we are all being persecuted. It is for sure. When they <laughs> open, the when they open the yep. barbershops and the movie theaters and the public schools, and we still can't gather the ski mountains, that's right. Yep, yep. Then we're being persecuted yep. until then we're not. So, uh, we are, we are biblically obligated to submit to the governing authorities. Paul says in Romans over us. And so our first guiding principle is we are following closely both federal and state and city ordinances and laws that are coming out and guidance and direction and counsel and all of it. And we just will not violate that. Sure. And I think it's important to point out that as some of these things, this reopening and, and regathering and all of these kind of restrictions have come out, uh, at least the ones that I've paid attention to, there's always some sort of consideration for houses of worship yeah. or religious ceremonies or what I mean. It's certainly it's not just Christians. It's others who want to gather as well. But I feel like not only are we not being persecuted, but we're being thought of, um, I think, like very More. specifically. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know. I don't know what it is. I, I, yeah, I think sure. there is a particular type of, of Christian that because we are told by Jesus in the New Testament to expect suffering and persecution, mm-hmm. that they like hunt for it. Sure. And, and everything bad that happens is persecution. Like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, exactly. Like not, yeah. not everything is persecution. Uh, sometimes we just live in a fallen world. It's hard and uh, life's not always easy. So that's our first guiding principles. We have we have said unless a line was crossed and we were literally our faith was actually being persecuted, we will not violate state or federal guidelines in order to gather. That's sure. number one. Yeah. Our second guiding principle is we want to live between these two lines of fear and negligence. Um, so we 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 do not want to remain isolated out of fear, but we also don't want to rush in any way that would prove harmful. So what we've experienced as we've just pastor our people is, um, if you were to, there's a spectrum that people are on right now. Okay. On one side of the spectrum, you have people that are like chomping at the bit to go back to life 
as normal. That if we opened a church this Sunday and you could sit on each other's laps, like they're they're in for it. They oh, they yeah. have no fear of getting COVID, oh. of spreading. COVID. They're just like those are the people who hug you a little extra long yeah, on Sundays, little, little and you're just long. like in the first place pre COVID. They still yeah. hug too a little long, too long. Too long. Um, there should be a timer that goes off yeah. when you've hugged too long. Like everyone just walks around with a taboo that's buzzer. Right. That's right. So you have some people that are on that spectrum that are tired of being alone and tired of being isolated. And then you have people on the other end that are scared. This yeah. whole thing has really freaked them out. It's taken totally. a massive emotional toll and it's going to take a while for them to jump back in. Oh yeah. To anything resembling normality in, in, in public settings. Sure. And, and while, uh, everyone has the right to the way they feel, we're still early on to not know that they aren't the smartest in our society. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We have no idea what the next few weeks will hold. Right. And some of those people might be feeling like, see, I told you so. Right. So we'll see. I read, uh, an article, and it wasn't by, it was by someone whose pastor had used the, I think it was a Florida pastor who used the illustration of when there's a shark attack mm, on the beach, which sure. I found really helpful yeah. in thinking about this. And uh, their whole point was when a shark attack happens, they immediately close the beach, clear the water, yeah. and you can't be there. Yeah. They stabilize the situation, make yeah. sure the the ocean, to whatever degree you're able to, is safe. Um, and then people are let back on the beach. And they said every time that happens, the f- there are f- about 15 to 20% of people that immediately go back into the water. Okay. No fear of sure. the shark. Like, they're right back into it. And everybody else is on some sort of spectrum for they're just going to wait and see if those people get eaten, basically. Sure. Before they go back into the water. And this is a very similar situation. You have a portion of the population that will be ready to go right back to worship as it was. Sure. And then some other people that are just not in a big hurry. And it's not like we've talked about this. It's not an introverted, extroverted thing. No, necessarily. Definitely not. I think I keep seeing that like as an extrovert, I'm dying. Right. Um, And and introverts are just loving the global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's not true. I mean, at least for me, I would definitely consider myself a pretty deep introvert. Mm -hmm. I think that there are different types of introverts. And so I think sometimes it's automatically equated with shy. And Mm -hmm. so when I say that, people feel like, well, Tyler, you're not shy. You can't be an introvert. But it's really about just like what fills your bucket. And for me, uh, big groups of people do not. However, I deeply love like one-on-one conversations, Mm -hmm. going out to lunch or breakfast with people. Uh, just getting a chance to like visit with someone on a walk. And Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, like, uh, it's hard. I'm like really as much as, you know, and I think that what is true for probably most everyone is the first week as an introvert, I was like, what's the problem with this? This is no different. Yeah. And I'm sure extroverts were like, and as this has gone on, we're all in kind of the same boat. Totally. Oh yeah. It's really, really hard. So what we are trying to do is we don't want to live in fear And as these guidelines loosen, we don't want to, out of fear, continue to isolate and not take steps toward regathering. But we also don't want to be negligent and rush into something that we shouldn't. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and kind of the 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 these ways that we're talking about that people are going to respond in this spectrum that people are on. This kind of leads us to this third guiding principle, which is we are going to work hard to shepherd people where they are and not drive them to where we think they should be. Yeah. And this, for me, came out of 
uh, a conversation we were having yesterday mm. that you talked about the importance of pastoring people individually yeah. through this season. So maybe you should talk just a little bit about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think uh, while I am not in the camp that is like uber scared, I'm like I'm like in the camp that like might be on the edge of the beach watching the people go in. Like I just want to make sure like there's no blood in the water already that makes yeah. them like feisty. So yeah. I think that some people are just like right back in, yeah. and that's not for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm like near and mm-hmm. like ready ish. You're not staying uh, home from the beach. No, yeah. no. I mean, in general, I'm not a beach guy, so yeah. I would literally stay home from yeah. the beach. But uh, outside of that, no, I think that that's where I'm at personally. But I just think as I've seen things online and see us planning this like, you know, reopening, relaunching, regathering of the church and let's, let's get people back into small groups and all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what I'm really concerned about is the people that are going to take a long time mm-hmm. and the people that are going to feel um, like on the outskirts of society, sort of ostracized because mm-hmm. they just can't do it yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that like, uh, and, and I think one of the things I've been talking to a lot of the churches I support is that we're going to have to stream way longer than mm-hmm. we anticipated. We're going to have to be able to love on people via Zoom way longer than we want. We're going to, all of these types of things that uh, I appreciate the articles of the fact that like God has built the church to gather mm-hmm. and some people are not going to be ready. And mm-hmm. it's not a matter of a lack of their trust in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a matter of like, we cannot presume on how deeply and how how um, how intensely this has impacted some people. Uh, I I can imagine some people might even like seek some counseling as a, a result mm-hmm. of it, some sort of therapy, all of those kind of things, because this type of like worldwide uh, pandemic has mm-hmm. just never happened before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's going to impact us all differently and, and how it impacts us. I don't think, I think that, uh, the other thing I've seen is that we might be surprised based on how it impacts who that mm-hmm. we know, you know, as you look at the people that you are called to pastor and lead and all of those kind of things, I think that you might assume that this person will be right back in or that person will be a little more hesitant. And I think it, uh, I think that's why it's so important why we're talking about pastoring our people individually is getting to understand where each person is at and and absolutely calling them to not live in a place of fear, mm-hmm. but not shoving them mm-hmm. into something and also not leaving them out because they're not ready. Yeah, I like that word that you use. There's a big difference between shepherding and shoving. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that we should be doing any shoving or pushing. Um, and I don't think that any good pastor or leader does that, right. but really works hard to... Um, understand where it is that people are at. So I think what what we're trying to think through is how do we not only plan for those who are ready to jump back in mm-hmm. to some totally. to all the forms of regathering but also how do we provide a long runway for people who need more time to acclimate back to what has been normal for us. Sure. So um, lastly, uh, the last guiding principle for us is that we are uh, already trying to begin to think through what needs to remain different. Yeah. That there, you know, we've talked about, um, we, we've been careful not to use like the language of this whole thing is a gift or a blessing. Sure. But we have talked about how there's opportunity in this and, yeah. and it's caused us to do a lot of things totally different. Yeah. And some of those things, thank God, will cease yeah. when this is over. Um, and some of them have been good, good things that we've learned that are going to remain the same. I think I've, I've been a part of a few conversations already with pastors about, um, what's, what's church preaching pastoring going to look like post COVID. Totally. And again, there's a lot of speculation. Nobody knows for sure, but some things will remain different. So what, when you think about 
that, what are a couple of things that you think will need to remain and should remain different? Sure. And I think uh, a lot of these thoughts and ideas come from, you know, the myriad of articles that I'm sure we've all read. But I think one of the things that we have to do is ensure that people can engage digitally. Mm-hmm. We have to give them an opportunity. We've talked about this. Um, uh, we've we've given Ridgeline.info as an example of what we call a digital bulletin. And I think that um, it's something that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that some churches honestly have looked for like they see the amount of printing. They see that behemoth of a Porsche of a printer in their mm-hmm. office that they don't want to pay for. But there's so many things to print. And I think that this is a great, um, like you said, there are some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Ride the COVID wave. Yeah. Cancel that printer. Stop yeah. your, you know, up to $1,500 a month in printing costs and uh, get some things out digitally. And I think getting people the ability to interact with things that only they have touched. So their phones and their devices and things like that. And I've seen like all of the seat back pockets on all the church chairs with the pencils and the cards and the communion cups, all of that kind of stuff all needs to go Mm -hmm. because all of that stuff is just a reason for someone to kind of fiddle with it, to handle it and that kind of thing. And so we really need to um, absolutely come up with a way for people to engage in our churches digitally. And I think uh, we'll talk about in the upcoming weeks, what does it mean to follow up digitally? What mm-hmm. does it mean to do all of those kind of things? And absolutely, I, I'm surely you have currently been impacted if you don't have a good online giving system. Mm-hmm. An online giving system, you know, I got a, a call the other day from a small church that was looking just for some help. Can you help get us online uh, with our giving system? And I think there are a myriad of ways. If you don't know where to begin uh, planning center giving, it, like I still Still have not gotten any contact from anyone who mm-hmm. says it's cheaper somewhere else. Yeah. So I'm going to keep saying it is the cheapest online giving system platform for your church. And I would argue one of the top, it's probably not the most user friendly, like there's no problems, but I think that's true of any giving system. Yeah. They're for sure in the top. It's very easy to use and easy to engage with and all of those kind of things. And so uh, you've got to make sure that you uh, are able to accept online giving. Yeah. What do you got? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think I think just all things touch for yeah, sure. sure. I think for a while, like I, my Tammy was even telling me the other day that I, you know how you get that thing where like you just all the weirdest stuff pops up in your like Instagram and ads wise sure. feeds, and now I'm seeing a lot of masks uh, mm, that like every company yeah. on like that is oh, like man. if you were in the mask business, you were going to hmm. crush for yep. a while. The things I wish I would have invested in <laughs> right, right as this started. Zoom number one. But another one was this tool that goes on your keychain mm-hmm. that makes it possible to... I have one on the way. Do you really? Yep. So you can like use touchscreen things yep. with it. I think that's really... So I just think all of that points toward people... Are, and, and I honestly don't... I, I think some of this is we're adopting probably some hygiene protocols that should have been there all along. Yeah. Which is a little gross. So yeah. we'll just leave that. So I think all things touch to think through. How do we minimize that? Um, but a big thing, I mean, I got asked this week, um, in the context of preaching even like, what do you think will be different? And I think one thing that for me, that I'm going to labor to continue to, to have be different is I'm, I'm going to continue to work toward the current length of sermon that I have Mm -hmm. right now, which is roughly 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I think, you know, with, I talked about this on a friend's podcast this week, but but by and large, uh, longer does not mean better yeah. necessarily. And there really is something to, uh, I don't think that we are shortchanging the sermon or that we are shortchanging the experience or that we are shortchanging the Bible by being clear and concise. Yeah. Um, so that is one thing I think that 
pastors and preachers have the opportunity to do is to think through on the teaching end, what have you learned over this season and how do you continue to take what has been a good learning and, sure. and move that forward? And for me, it's going to be working on sermon length. Totally. I think, um, one thing I had said in the previous point, uh, it's back to the digital thing. I think we've got to be ready to live stream for much longer. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be back gathering publicly and need uh, to uh, live stream still for those people who need it. Uh, I think if you're looking for a solution, that's pretty easy. Uh, we have one that um, it's not the like world's best feed, but it's very, it's kind of an all-in-one solution. Mm-hmm. It's called a Mevo camera. It's M-E-V-O. Uh, and uh, I believe that they have some more online. I know that they were working hard to populate as many as they could and even started a GoFundMe to be able to mm-hmm. like raise some money to be able to like make more cameras. It's one that we've had for a while. They've got a couple of different options. Look into it. You can feed your audio right into it. Uh, the shot is not like... Like the crystal clear mm-hmm. pre-recorded thing you might want. Yeah. But it's something that like we're gonna have the ability, you know, it comes with like a little pack and you plug it in and you like link it to the internet and then it's ready to go. And it's gonna be something that we'll be able to keep like in one of the front rows for as long as we need to in order to be able to live stream even once we're meeting publicly mm-hmm. again. It's like you remember that that fender speaker system mm-hmm. that was gray. Yeah. <laughs> in a and, the, and they like oh, oh. the, the speakers yeah. just snapped on. It's yeah. like the camera version of that. Yeah. Pretty it's much. like a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So anything else off the top of your head that that you think of as far as what needs to change? Honestly, I think uh, for those of you with teams or staffs or just people who you're getting together with, it's time to put everything on the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. It's time to really think through every single thing that you do. I mean, uh, I don't even begin to have one iota for what children's ministry is going to look like yet. I don't, you know, and so, but you've got to have some thoughts. And Mm -hmm. right now our current thought is, well, we can't do it. Um, Thank God. Not in a way that, for sure. (laughs) Um, But I think that like just having those bullet points and talking Walking through, like, what did we used to do that really is going to be outdated Mm -hmm. or um, irrelevant or dangerous Mm -hmm. moving forward? Yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the steps that we're taking. Mm -hmm. So just so everyone understands a little bit uh, about our context, uh, if you listen to this, you probably know, but we passed a Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm -hmm. Comparative to many other states and cities, our numbers uh, are pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've had people get sick, obviously, and we've had people die. So I don't mean to speak about that in it as if that's small or trite. But again, comparative to places like totally. New York and Chicago, Detroit, places in California, our numbers are just way lower. So as a result, as of uh, when we're recording this today, May 1st, our governor has taken the first steps in loosening some of the social distancing sure. protocols. For instance, you can go into restaurants now um, as long as they're practicing good social social distancing. Yeah. You can go in and you can eat in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Servers have to wear masks. There's all kinds of protocol for them. Uh, what else? Barbershops are supposed to, yeah, salons barber, are supposed yep. to open. All that kind of personal service thing is supposed to be able to open yep. for sure. And then now you can gather, you can, it's like ideally friends and family, but you can be in gatherings of 20 rather than 10. Sure. And that's a big step for our area for sure. Oh yeah. And I got to tell you, I know the most popular place in Utah this weekend will be the Utah zoo because it's something to do. That's right. (laughs) So the Utah zoo, it's obviously all outdoors for the most part. And, uh, they've got guidelines. I haven't read through them yet. Uh, but I just think that I think you have to get a ticket for a specific time. You're allowed to be there. It's all one way. Uh, The way that like the grocery stores are now, 
So there's all kind. There are all sure. kinds of restrictions but on that. There are starting to be things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which things is a win <laughs> oh, at man. this point. We have had no things. So because of the context that we're in, here's a, a, a few of the steps that we're taking mm-hmm. um, based on again these guiding principles that we just talked about. So the first, there's really two changes that are going into effect as of this weekend. The first is um, we can invite a very small number of people to attend our live stream mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday morning. Yeah. So as as we mentioned, we only really need three or four of us to make our live stream happen. Yep. So as a result of that, we have this small, because we can have a gathering of 20 people, yeah. we have this small pocket that we can invite. So uh, we're doing that um, beginning this Sunday, and uh, we have sent out a video about it. We sent out an email today kind of listing some of the protocols for it. Yeah. But, like, we're having people come, and the first thing that is the most important is that, you know, no one can come with any symptoms of any kind of sickness. Right. I mean, that's one thing about as COVID continues to change and evolve is like, basically if you have any, you stub your toe, you might have COVID. Yep. Like it's unbelievable the way that it, it, w- it was originally like cough and fever. And now there's just an unbelievable array of symptoms. So sure. basically if you have any symptoms of sickness, you're not going to be able to come to the feed. Yep. Secondly, we're having people wear masks mm-hmm. uh, through the entirety uh, of the stream. I am curious about, since I haven't experienced that yet, that's going to be weird on yeah. the preaching end. I'm not sure what's weirder, that or the camera. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll find out. We're having people wash their hands upon arrival. We have uh, seats that we've literally measured to make sure that they're all at least six feet away from anyone else. Sure. And it is shocking. Oh, man. When you measure, it is shocking how far six feet away. I was so jacked. So when we, even before we moved in here, I'm a big like room planner guy, the online room planners. Mm-hmm. And I had like measured before we got this space and like laid out like, like, uh, um, squares mm-hmm. uh, to be chairs to see mm-hmm. how many. And what I learned was that we could fit 80 people in our ministry center comfortably mm-hmm. and a hundred could fit. Yeah. They'd probably like leave right after, but like right. whether we're talking about what we were planning for good Friday or things like that, I felt really good. Uh, 80 is like a great number yeah. and not so much yeah. anymore. I mean, it's a good thing. The number is 20 because we could not fit very many more than 20 people in here with this like six no. foot social distance. I mean, thing. in the warehouse part, maybe yeah. we have to pull the trailer <laughs> that's out, true. but that's it. Yeah. So we're having people wash their hands on arrival, take their seats, obviously no touching or any of that kind of stuff. And, and, and we are being somewhat like basically we told our church, if you're interested in attending, send an email mm-hmm. and then we're still doing it based on invitation only, not because we're trying to be exclusive, uh, but because we want to make sure that, you know, no one who would be considered high risk. We do have some people with some significant autoimmune issues that we would not want to attend. We're not currently having anyone that is working on the front lines of this in the hospital system. We yeah. would not have come, yep. which stinks because those are some of our favorite people that we have, we have, a, lot of we have them. a we have a lot of them here <laughs> and um but just for caution's sake we're we're being very protective over that right now sure and i think even as you sent out the email one of the things that we discussed i think is so important is that your communication on the front end is explicit yeah um i like uh, every once in a while when uh, when you use a word like that i'm a big like let's look up that word and see what it means so i literally just did that and i think part of it is like when you think of explicit the first thing you think is like explicit lyrics and so what i 
grew up knowing explicit meant was like the CD I was not allowed to listen to. Mm -hmm. But that word uh, doesn't mean like raunchy or awful. All it means is stated clearly uh, and in detail, leaving no room for confusion or doubt. Right. And so in our communication, we said like, we cannot hug. We can't because yeah. again, you're going to have those people that want to do the lap thing we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have those people that like might sit in their car and work up the courage to be able to like come inside. Yeah. And we need to not create an environment where those people are seen as like bad or right. standoffish yeah. or, you know, all of the, you know, Oh, they're just so closed off or they just, you know, won't like, you know, love me as their Christian brother or mm-hmm. sister. No, it just is a matter. Like there is this family in our church I've known for years and years and they have three little girls and I would love, like they, they stopped by to drop something off uh, for my birthday the other day. And I wanted, to like hug and kiss those little girls. And I just can't, I don't know that I'm not asymptomatic, that that won't be problems for that, you know, all of that. And so we have to, and I think it's only fair for the leadership to take the brunt of that and to say, here's how we need to behave. Uh, I know we've read it all, but I think there's some people out there who think that all of this is kind of made up. Mm -hmm. Uh, They think it's all an extreme overreaction. And Mm -hmm. even, and I think even for those people, we need to love and shepherd them well and say, you might think that, and the way that you behave at your home is one thing, Mm -hmm. but as we get together, like let's follow these guidelines. Yeah. And don't tag me in your crazy Facebook posts. (laughs) Those two. (laughs) Uh, second thing that we're able to do, uh, this one I'm, I am very excited about, is um, we're offering the option for one-on-one meetings in person mm. again. Um, so I've been doing all of that uh, over Zoom, and like everyone in America, I am Zoomed out for oh, the most man. part. Um, it doesn't matter who it's with. It doesn't matter how much I love the person. Mm. It's just like I am just, and this is your whole, I know your whole life is on Zoom. It is. Yeah, and, and it's going to continue done. to be. Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've built a whole living on it, but now everyone thinks it's kind of cool or did. Yeah. Now everyone's over it, and I'm yeah. just like, I'm still the same. I will say, though, if you bought Zoom stock, sell soon. Like, I'm, I'm going to give you, like, the like Wall Street minute here. Yeah. Sell, because yeah. pr- once we can, I think no people are zoomed it. out. Totally. I just can't handle it. Our, the downstairs part of our space here is all hard surface. Uh, we have plenty of space that we can practice the social distancing thing. And um, yep. so I'm able to be six to 10 feet away from people, which again is like slightly awkward to sit that far away. How are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Might as well just talk <laughs> on the phone. Um, but another thing uh, that I have already done is um, if you are in an area that allows you to be um, outside practicing social distancing, for instance, on a walk, yep. um, that has been one way that I have been able to continue to, to meet with people in person is mm-hmm. to go on a walk outside. Uh, in a place that is not overrun with people and and to maintain that space. But I think that, I think one thing that we do, as much as we want to try to care for those that really want to acclimate and go slow, mm. we uh, I just want to reiterate, we cannot, I think we're going to do a whole episode where we're just going to have a discussion about some of the mental health implications totally. and emotional health that's going to come out of this. Yeah. But um, people, this says, it, it's more and more evident every week, the psychological toll that this has taken on people, that people are really, really struggling. And so I think anything that we can give to those who really do need it, that we, I think it's one of the most important ways that we can love and serve people right now. Yeah. 
So that's a little bit about where our head is at on the regathering thing. There's a really good possibility that by Tuesday it could all be different. Yeah. Um, but by that's why you hear that's this. right. But uh, but that's why we really do try to be guided by principles yeah. rather than um, a specific program and why we try to prescribe principles over a specific model for doing virtually anything. Yep. So our principles, again, just to reiterate before we're done here for today, is uh, we're not going to violate state or federal guidelines to gather. Uh, we want to live between the lines of fear and negligence. Uh, we will shepherd where people are, are where, where they are, not drive them where we think they should be. And then we are going to begin to think through what needs to remain the same. So and different. And I mean, what? Yeah, what? I just can't read. That's all. <laughs> uh, I can't even read off this screen anymore. So, um, so that's uh, a bit about regathering. We're going to continue as long as we are living in this COVID age. We'll just continue to come at this life and ministry from different angles. Sure. Um, well, thank you guys so much uh, for listening to this episode. Again, if you want to follow along uh, with us on social media, you can find me on Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. And me at, at Tyler Drabitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so That was good. I like that. You're like a disc jockey. Hey, man. <laughs> I-T-Z. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Casey Kasem. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much for listening. 